Well, let's pray right before we get into the word here, and uh, we will bless what we're about to receive. Father, we just thank you so much for your word today. It's powerful. It's alive. And Father, we love your word. We receive it into our hearts today, Father God. And we ask that this word, you would cause us to grow spiritually, to get bigger in our spirit, to grow more into who we're called to be by this word today. And we thank you for this word, Father. We set ourselves to receive it and to get the most out of it today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we are going to talk about a mother's love today. So uh, I first of all want to say congratulations to our newest mom in the church, Kimmy Raman and Rocky Raman, newest dad. Uh, congratulations to them on the birth of their brand new baby girl, Annabelle. And uh, you may have seen the pictures on social media, and she is beautiful. And so we are celebrating uh, you and your, your brand new addition to your family. What a great thing. So we're talking about today a Mother's Day message, and we're going to talk about a mother's love. You know, a mother's love is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We would not be here without our moms, right? <laughs> so moms are pretty great. And a mother's love is an unselfish love. It's a giving love. It's one of the closest examples that we have to the agape love of our Father, our Father God. And so um, the agape kind of love is a love that is not based on emotion or feelings. It's a faithful, sacrificial love without expectation of love in return. It's an unselfish, giving kind of love. And so um, this scripture that I have, I have to move my stuff around because I forget like how I like it. <laughs> it all has to be right. So this scripture I'm going to look at first is Galatians 5.16 out of the Passion Translation. And it says this, it says, As you have, or excuse me, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of yourself life. And you know, we're talking about an unselfish kind of love, a love that is really, it's, it's a love of a mother and it's an unselfish love. And what it says here is if you yield freely and fully to this dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, which is really how we come to operate in that unselfish love, by yielding freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. And so in a mother's life and in a mother's love, she does that. And so I'm going to share with you an acrostic about love. And uh, it, it's L-O-V-E-S because mom, a mom loves, right? And so loves. And so what does that love look like, the love of a mother? Well, it's living love. And if it's based on the love of God, it is a living love. And it's alive because it's fed from a living source. And that is the, uh, the source of God who is love. And so we never run out of love. We never fall out of love if we're connected to the source. You want to stay connected to the source. And then O. O is for opportunity. Love is a verb. And I know you've heard that before. It's a song. It's an old song by... 
Toby Mac or something, but love is a verb, and it's an action, and it moves toward others. And love being an action, it really recognizes the opportunities to reach out into someone's life with love and to lift them. And you know, that's the vision of our church, to love, lift, and reach people. Love, lift, and reach people. You know what? I'm probably going to need some water because I always do. <laughs> gets dry. <laughs> so my husband's so good, he's bringing me some. <laughs> but love takes opportunity. You know, it made me think of this. During this time, there is a lot of opportunity to love people. Have you noticed that? A lot of opportunities to love people. And we're reaching outside of ourselves to bring a word to somebody, to bring help to somebody. But there's a lot of opportunities, and love takes that opportunity. And you know, you never know when those opportunities are going to come. They come at the most inopportune times, or sometimes the most inconvenient times. And I was thinking about this as I was getting ready for the message today. I was thinking about how um, Pastor Mark and I had just taken some guest ministers to eat at Zhang's. And so we had, uh, they had parked in the front, and so they got into their car, and we had pack, parked in the back of Zhang's. And uh, after, and this was a, a long time ago, um, after we went out to get into our car, we had just barely opened the doors to our car, and we were getting in, and there was a lady who was talking on the phone. And she was on the phone, and she let out, like, this huge, like, scream, really, and just dropped to the ground. And we had just gotten in the car, and I said to Mark, I said, something's wrong. I said, we need to see what's wrong. She was the only person there. And she just fell to the ground and immediately was just bawling. Well, she just got the news that her brother was in an accident and he was killed. And so there she is all by herself, nobody else around, in a parking lot, and we just happened to be there. And you know, we got out of our car and we went over to where she was and we ministered to her and we prayed with her and we hugged her and just stayed there with her because receiving that kind of news when you're all by yourself is pretty bad. You need somebody to be there who loves you, right? And so at that moment, we got an opportunity to show love to somebody that we didn't even know. So take the opportunities. It might be people that you don't know, but you never know what that means in their life. And you know, that's how a mom loves. A mom takes those opportunities. She takes them everywhere that she goes. So we look for opportunities right now, and there are lots of them. And V is this, love is vulnerable. The way a mom loves is vulnerable. And we can learn from all of these. We can take it into our heart and we can love in this kind of love. So love is vulnerable. It takes risks. And sometimes that means that we're going to get hurt. But you know what? This unconditional agape love that reaches out towards someone else doesn't get offended by that. And they don't draw back and they don't guard their heart. They're vulnerable. And they love again because we know the source of love and he ministers to us and we can continue to love. So love is vulnerable, the love of a mom. And then there's E, 
It takes effort. You know, and I was thinking about this and I thought about all the things that moms do because they love us, right? They do so many things for their, their kids and, and in our lives, they just do so many things. And it takes effort to love in that way. It takes effort to love like Jesus loves. But, it, and you could even call it the things we do for love, right? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of them, but a mom does that, and it takes effort, and it'll cost us something. It'll cost us uh, money and time and blood, sweat, and tears sometimes, but moms feel like it's worth it, because that's how a mom loves, with that agape kind of love. And then the last one is this. It's a seed. Love is a seed. And it's a seed that when planted in someone's life or heart, it will grow and it will multiply and it will produce much fruit. So these acts of love in people's lives, it actually causes them to grow because we plant love in their hearts. And you know, I heard somebody say one time that people may not uh, remember what you say to them, but they will always remember how you made them feel, right? And isn't that what we remember about our moms? That they make us feel loved. And so, a mother's love. Well, John 15, 7 through 11 says this. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. I have loved you just as the Father loved me. Jesus loved with that unconditional kind of love. And he loved his disciples, it says in the Word, to the highest degree and to the very last. Wow, that's that agape kind of love. But then it goes on and it says this. It says, remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy, my delight may be in you and your joy might be made full and complete and overflowing. See, Jesus promised us that when we love with the kind of love that he was shown and that he showed, when we love with that kind of love, our joy is full and overflowing. How great is that? It's really very fulfilling to love. And so we can take a lesson from moms and we can love like moms do. So to abide in this scripture, to live in, to, it, it means to live in, to stay, to wait, or to dwell. And he said, abide. When we abide in him, then we abound in him. And when we abide well, then actually we agape well, you could say. And when we live in him well, we love well. So we want to love well. And as I was thinking about this Mother's Day message that I was going to bring to you, I was thinking about the most famous mother ever. And it's Mary. It's Jesus' mother. And, uh, you know, 
She's famous because the whole world knows Mary. In fact, you'll see her paintings and pictures everywhere, and she's not just in churches. Everybody knows who Mary is. You know, when my daughter was, like, what, in second grade, I think? She, they have Literature Day for Halloween at school, and so you can, you can, as long as you have a book, you can dress up as a character. And so uh, when I asked her, well, what do you want to be for Literature Day? She said, well, I want to be Mary. And so she was Mary, and she took her Bible to school for Literature Day. And I thought, this is great. <laughs> I love that. Well, to look up to Mary is, is really great. And when we see her in the Word, she was an awesome mother. She was a mother who really did things right. And so you can go anywhere and see her picture. She's more famous than the Mona Lisa. But you know something about Mary? She's just an ordinary person. She's not a, a queen from a, a kingdom or a palace. She's not from this big city. She's just a small town, ordinary girl. And the great thing about Mary is, though, she loves God and she loves the Word of God. So let's look a little bit about Mary. And we're talking about our new normal. And Mary had some new normals that she had to deal with. And so we're going to look at those. Go with me over to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke 1, 26. I don't know why it gets so dry up here, but it does. And if Jerry was here with me, he'd have put my table here already, because I usually need it, but <laughs> because we don't have the church full, you know, everybody's not here to do their, their stuff. And so I miss you, Jerry. I miss you. <laughs> All right. So here we are in Luke 1, 26. And it says this, it says, uh, Now in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a girl never having been married, and a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Hail, O favored one, endued with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed, favored of God are you before all other women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might mean. So here's Mary, the angel comes to Mary, and she's just this young girl, she's maybe 16 years old, and she knows that everything is about to change now. You know, it had been about 400 years um, since God had been speaking to people, and they had been believing the word, and they had been praying for the Messiah, but here she was, about 16 years old, <clears throat> and the angel comes to her in this moment, and it says that she was troubled at what such a greeting might mean. She was thinking, what can this mean? Well, she knows everything's about to change. She's about to find out what her new normal is going to be. And so she asks questions in her mind and in her heart, probably like a lot of us who are experiencing change right now do too. She's thinking, 
you know, I'm engaged to be married and what's going to happen? You know, a lot of, a lot of our teenagers ask, are asking, uh, what's going to happen with my graduation, with my prom, with my birthday party, some people are asking. And she's probably asking, what's going to happen with my wedding and with my life? What is God wanting me to do? Well, we read on in verse uh, 30, and it says, The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace, free, spontaneous, absolute favor, and loving kindness with God. And listen, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Wow. So everything is about to change. And the same grace and favor that Mary had for change, we do too. We have that same grace and favor. It's upon us to uh, receive and accept our new normal and walk in it and live in it with the grace and favor of God. And so here she is. The angel says, I want you to listen. You know, every time God came to someone and gave them a word, he said, do not fear, but listen, because you're going to be required to do something with this word. And you know, it's no different for us. When we hear the word, we're required to do something with it. Now we have a responsibility. And so he said, don't be afraid, but listen, because every time the word comes, it brings instruction for us to take us into higher places. And maybe Mary remembered the scripture out of Proverbs 4, where we were told to attend to his words. And why? Why? Because attending to his words and keeping them in our heart really causes us to grow. And so he says in Proverbs, guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. So we want to put that word in our heart. Well, as we read on in verse 32, it says this. It says, he will be great. Now he's talking about this son that she will have, Jesus. He will be great and eminent and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his forefather, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout all ages. And of his reign, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel her famous words. How can this be? <laughs> How can this be? Well, it says, since I have no intimacy with a man as a husband. And then the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit. You know, we might be asking those same questions. How can this be? Or how can this happen? Or how is this going to happen for me, Lord? Or now that all this has happened, how, Lord? Well, the answer is the same, the Holy Spirit. And when we listen to the Holy Spirit, then he'll give us instruction. So he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, the offspring which shall be born of you will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son that is now in the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Don't you love that scripture? Nothing with God is impossible. And then it says, and at that time, uh, well, 
Let's see. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. So let's talk about Mary's new normal. She is actually going to have a, a very different life than probably she thought she was going to have. Everything is changing, but God is right in the middle of it. And you know what she says? I love what she says. She says, be it done unto me according to your word. She received that word of the Lord, even though she didn't understand all of it at the moment. And you know, that's our part. We don't have to understand everything, but we receive the word of the Lord and we believe it. And we trust the Holy Spirit to make that word happen. And Mary began to do that. She received the word, and the Bible tells us that she nurtured it in her heart. She put it into her heart. She was a vessel that the Lord could use. And you know, in 1 Timothy, it talks to us about vessels. And it says in a great house, there are some vessels that are, that are you know, ordinary, but there are some vessels that are gold and, and highly valuable vessels. And then he tells us, he says that we have the choice of what kind of vessel we're going to be. And do you know that really it depends on if we receive the word of the Lord or not? We have the choice to be that valuable, priceless vessel in the house of God. And Mary chose that. And so then, just a page over, in verse 45, she meets her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth proclaims this. She says, blessed, happy to be envied, is the one who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies and extols the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon the low station and humiliation of his handmaiden. For behold, from now on, all generations of all ages will call me blessed and declare me happy and to be envied. And do you know that's the truth? We look at Mary and we look at her and we know she was the mother of Jesus. And she was blessed because she received the word. She received it. So blessed is she who believed. But that was her choice. She didn't have to do the plan of God. It was her choice, and she chose to be the mother. So how did that change her life? Well, first of all, Mary's new normal. Let's go over to Luke 2, 15. Luke 2, 15, and it says this. It says, when the angel went away from, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, saying that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste. By searching, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lit lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known what had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it were astounded and marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, keeping within her all of these things, all of these sayings, weighing and pondering them in her heart. What was Mary's first new normal? Well, she had a really different kind of birth in a stable, 
<laughs> that was a pretty different new normal. And she had a really different kind of baby shower with shepherds and kings and bringing all kinds of different gifts to her, not like your traditional. You know, Mary didn't get to go home and hang the plaques on the walls and the pictures and the scripture on the walls. Actually, she stored the scripture in her heart. She didn't decorate the nursery. She had a baby shower that was preparing them for the plan of God. And so here she is preparing for her new normal, putting everything in her heart. Luke 2.11 says this. It says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love that. Mary's new normal, what was it? To raise the Son of God. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Wow. How awesome is that? So here she is. And can you imagine what a responsibility that was for a young girl of her age, but she received that responsibility. And what kind of mom do you think that Mary was? I mean, I was thinking about this and I was contemplating and I thought, was she like all the other moms? Because you know, there's something that's common between moms and they're called momisms, right? You'll hear moms all over saying these same things. And they're like this, why? Because I said so, that's why, right? Every mom says that. You can probably finish them with me or for me. Here's another one. I'm gonna give you to the count of three, <laughs> right? <laughs> all moms say that, and maybe Mary started it. Maybe she said, you better ask for help from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you don't, then I'm, then I'm coming in, right? Who knows, maybe. Here's another one. If everybody jumps off a cliff, are you gonna do it too? <laughs> or what about, if you don't stop crying, I'm gonna give you something to cry about. Did you guys ever hear that one? <laughs> Probably a lot. Or maybe around her house she did this. This was a typical momism at my house. But using Mary's children, Jesus, James, Jude, whatever your name is, I'm talking to you right? <laughs> Another momism. I don't know is not an answer. All moms say that. And how about I've had it up to here. Where is here? We don't know. We don't really know where here is, and we don't know how, what you've had up to here, but you've had it, and so we better stop, right? <laughs> or how about I am sick and tired, did Mary say these things? You know, when our mom said that, what, what was she sick and tired of? Well, the answer is you. The answer is you, and you better change, and you better stop, right? <laughs> so I am sick and tired. That's another one. Or how about this one? It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Did you ever hear that one? <laughs> I'm sure that some of you who got in trouble heard that one. So probably she did. And why do we... Think that because Mary was a good mom. Mary really cared about what she was putting into Jesus because she was preparing him for the plan of God. And do you know all of those things come from moms that love their kids and they want them to do well and they want them to succeed and they want them to, to uh, have the destiny that God planned for them? So our 
outside instruction, mom's outside instruction really becomes the internal voice of our kids. That's why we can all repeat these momisms because we heard them over and over and over and they're now on our inside voice, right? But you know one other thing that Mary did? She taught her son the word of God and she taught him to find himself in the word of God. And that was powerful because her doing that, her outside instruction became his inside voice. And we see that all throughout the word where we see the glimpses of Mary and, and of Jesus and Jesus reciting the scripture. Where did he learn those things? Well, a lot of them he learned at home from his mom and dad. He learned those things. So Mary did her mom job well. She did really good at it. And you know, Mary's name means bitterness. Well, that's what the meaning of her name is. And you know what? She had kind of a bittersweet job because she was raising her son who would have to suffer and die on the cross. And actually, one of the, when D Jesus was brought to be dedicated, Simeon said to her that scripture that tells us that, that Jesus would rise to that place that God had for him, but there would be a sword that would pierce through Mary's own soul as well. Mary had kind of a bittersweet job, but we know that she did it well because she prepared Jesus. So then came the cross. After all that time, then came the cross. The third word that Jesus said from the cross was this. It's found in John 19, 26. It says, Jesus said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. He looks over and through all of those people who are, are really looking at him with the eyes of hate, there's one that's looking with the eyes of love and it's his mother. And she's right there in the midst of everyone. And in that moment where Jesus definitely was going to the cross for all of us, his mother was on his mind, and he was looking for her and to take care of her. And you know, I wonder what the thoughts were that were going through her mind at that moment. You know, she could do nothing about it at that moment. This was his destiny. This is what she had raised him for. Did she recall that prophecy from Simeon that said a sword will pierce through your own soul as well? because this was that moment, and you know that that must have been what she was feeling. There's no evidence that Mary knew that Jesus would go to the cross. You know, nobody was really expecting that, but he did. And in that moment, Mary was realizing again that there was going to be a new normal. Her son, who she had raised, was no longer going to be with her as her son anymore. But there was a change that had to take place, and her son was now going to be her savior. So what was Mary's new normal in this moment? She was seeing that her job as a mother, she had raised her son, and how he was laying his life down for all of us, that she had done her job well, but it led him to the cross. Mary's new normal was that her son was really the son of God and now the savior of the world. You know, 
There's bittersweet moments for every mom. I remember when my girls left to go to college and, you know, you wonder, is my job as a mom over? Mary's job wasn't really over. It was just a new normal. Uh, Our job is never over as a mom. For all the moms who are raising really tiny guys, you know, you're raising the next Billy Grahams and Kenneth Hagans and Oral Roberts and and T.L. Osborns and Catherine Kuhlmans and Amy Simple McPhersons. We believe that they're going to do something great for God, right? We believe that, and we know, and we're preparing them for the plan of God. But some of them might be missionaries and go different places. And, you know, our mom, is, our mom job is never really over because we love them and we pray for them and we prepare them and we send them out. And for those of us who have older kids, just like Jesus, when he was on the cross, he was still looking for his mom. <laughs> Mom's jobs are, are never done. There's influence, and there's love that comes in a different way. And even for all of the moms who you look around and you say, well, my kids aren't really following the Lord right now. Well, don't despair, Mom. Begin to declare over your children. Because those scriptures are true for you. And those things that you have put in your heart and that God has shown you for your kids, draw them up and declare them. Speak them. Speak them over your kids. Mary's new normal was that she was going to receive Jesus as Savior. Not just as her son, but as God's son and her Savior. And you know what? She did that. And that's why she is blessed. (laughs) She's blessed because she believed, just like Elizabeth spoke over her, just like she spoke over herself, and she is remembered from generation to generation because she received that new normal all the way to the end, and she lived out the plan of God. She believed, and she was blessed. I really love her story And she shows us what it is to prepare our kids and to send them out into the things that God has for them. For Jesus, it was to die on the cross. But because Mary received her new normal, we can too. And don't you, aren't you grateful for that today? That we can receive Jesus because she received the word of the Lord? She received the word of the Lord and said, Be it done unto me according to your word. And now we have the opportunity to have a new normal with Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Wow. It's powerful. And that's what love does. What an honor and privilege to raise the Son of God. But do you know that every one of us who are moms are doing that too? We're raising the sons and the daughters of God that will go out into this world and change it. So moms, do your job well. Put the word of God into your kids. Prepare them. Nobody could have prepared Mary for this day except the Holy Spirit. And God will, by the Holy Spirit, speak to you and tell you exactly what you need to do to prepare your kids. I love that Jesus came and that he showed us the love of the Father. 
And in fact, in John 3.16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, if we receive Jesus, that's our new normal. Eternal life. Eternal life. And the love of a mother is only surpassed by the love of our Father God. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much. I just want to take this opportunity right now to pray with you. If you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, I want to pray with you today so that you can do that. I want to pray with you, and, and as I begin to pray, just repeat these words after me. Father, I thank you that you love me so much. You sent your Son for me. No matter what my past has been, you have a future for me that is full of life. I want that new normal. And I choose to turn from my own way. And I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus died to take my sin. And he rose from the dead so that I could be forgiven. I call upon Jesus to be the Lord of my life today. And like Mary, I choose to make Jesus my Savior. I declare that right now, I am your child, and I am free from every bit of my past and every bit of bondage that the enemy would try and hold me in. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Because Mary received that new normal that changed her life completely, we can too. And guess what? If you prayed that prayer with me today, your life is different. This is the beginning of a brand new and different life for you. And so, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, make sure that you go onto our app or onto our website, and there's a, a little tile or a button called Share Your Story. Share your story with us. Let us know that you got saved today. Let us know that you prayed that prayer today. It's powerful. Your life is going to take a new course, and that course is the best yet. You, you, oh, man, what joy. The heaven is, all of heaven is rejoicing right now because you prayed that prayer. How awesome. So I want to end today with the same scripture that we read in the beginning, and it's John 15, 7 through 11. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if you are vitally united to me, my message lives in your heart, ask what you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit. You know, God has called us to live a fruitful life. And he says this, you prove yourselves to be my true disciples. You know, the end of Mary's story is she became a disciple. <laughs> she became one of the disciples. 
And she went about telling the message of what Jesus did and the resurrection, how he went to the cross and the resurrection, and he did it for us. So what a powerful life Mary had. She's a, a great example of a wonderful mother and a, a fruitful life. She's a real example of a fruitful life. And uh, so as we leave today, I leave you with this word. When we abide well, we will agape well. When we live well, live in his word, then we will love well. And so love well, <laughs> love well with this word. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take us higher.